gosh, that's such a moving film clip uh, from, from Schindler's List. Oscar Schindler literally gave everything he could and had to, uh, to be and to help and to save lives and uh, in his own unique way. And that's what I'm talking about this morning because this whole series has been, you know, as we've talked about, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the power of faith, power of forgiveness, power of money, power of time, power of you. It, it's, it's all about making some kind of an impact in your world. And by that, I mean your world. I mean, that may be a, a big world. That may be just your world and the few uh, friends and so forth that you have in your area of business or community or whatever. Any of that is what we're talking about here. And this is one of my favorite subjects because it seems like to me, uh, the, the church, uh, the Christian church particularly, Catholic, Protestant, whatever, but not just, religion in general oftentimes tries to categorize people and tries, and particularly where I was brought up and the way I was, kind of churches that I was raised in, kind of everybody sort of kind of had to be alike. And if you, if you weren't, I mean, you were kind of like weird and, and they normally wouldn't say that. But what's amazing to me about that is we live in a world really that demands conformity to some degree. And when we don't go along with that conformity, we sometimes get treated in ways uh, that would would be considered maybe uh, to be discriminated against or to be separated out or, or whatever that might be. Here's the point that I want you to see. I want to start from this point and just kind of move on. God has made you in a very unique way. You individually. God has made you in a very unique manner. Made me in a very unique manner. And we need to understand that. That God's take on this whole thing is while, while He wants us to get along with others and share and so forth and so on, God also wants us to celebrate who we are with our unique set of talents and gifts. And I want to show you that today from the Bible. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we had, I, had, I experienced this yesterday. Um, I played, uh, played uh, I do this every so often, I played, I played in a golf tournament in, in this club where I am, and um, I didn't know who I was playing with. It's one of those deals where you're a member of a club and you say, yeah, I'm going to play in the opening day, which was yesterday for, for, for that club. And uh, you show up and you don't know, I mean, I'm fairly new, so I don't know, I'm fairly new to the club, so I don't know a lot of people. And um, there's about 70, 80, 100 guys there. And uh, one of my friends who's here in the church, who actually kind of got me in this, um, he says, well, I, oh, I know who you're playing with. And he mentioned the names. And I said, I don't think I know them. And um, so we're walking up to the first tee. And, and all, most, it's, cause it's about time to tee off. And most of, the, most of the guys, most of the men there that are going to be playing are there, like I said, 70 and 90 of them. And some, one, one short, kind of chubby guy's walking around. You guys are all here for second place. You're here just for second place. My team's winning. Just walking back and forth like, like he owned the place, you know. And uh, the guy I'm walking with, my friend, Chris, he says, that's your partner. <laughs> I said, well, okay, I guess we're going to win, huh? <laughs> and I got to know him. Just, and and he, you may meet him sometime, so it would be nice to him. But... Uh, He's just a delightful guy, but he just kind of that's his that's his own unique way. And and I said uh, as soon as I met him, I you know he knew who I was. Oh, I got the priest on my side now. He calls me a priest. He's got a Catholic background. I don't, I don't know. I got the priest on my side. I'm really gonna win now. You know, just yelling, and I'm sitting here kind of thinking, I kind of want to go fade into a shrub somewhere. But 
but <laughs> that's unusual for me. Anyway, uh, we did win, by the way. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I was embarrassed. One of the few times I've been embarrassed to win in my whole life. And I just sort of backed in. I'm just thinking, okay, I don't know, you know, I don't know what he did or didn't do, but I, that's okay. Very unique individual, delightful guy. We got to know each other and, and, and different and so forth. And I'm not necessarily saying that's the kind of, uh, of uh, brazenness that we should have or whatever. But my, my point is this. We're, we're all unique in different ways. And that doesn't give us license to just, just to run rampant with that what, and however that might look. But what it does do is give us really a great acceptance of the fact I don't have to be like this guy or this lady or this person. I can be the person God wanted me to be. And in doing so, God's honored by that. That's where I want to begin. That's where I want to begin. Because I want you to see, and I'm going to make this statement, and I'm being a little repetitive here in the beginning because I think it's important. Um, Christianity, in its true form, celebrates individuality. It doesn't try to promote some sort of a cookie-cutter mentality. Christianity, in its true form, celebrates individualism. You don't always get that impression uh, in many places that are places of faith, at least many places where I have been. You don't always get that impression. So, understanding that, I want to make another statement. Something happened, however, in our lives for all of us. What happened? Well, we are this wonderful, unique creation of God. And then something really happens. Hurt, bitterness, brokenness, sometimes sickness has a negative impact on our lives. Um, and it might be in the form of divorce. It might be in the form of marriage issues. It might be in the form of personal betrayal. It might be... Friends that have turned their backs on you. It might, be, it might just be physical pain that just wears you down after a while. And as a result, sometimes we're no longer the person God created us to be because of all these outside influences and all this other stuff that has happened to us in life. And that's why sometimes we say life stinks or something like that. Right? And, uh, and, and, and that's what happens sometimes. And as a result of that... Um, we become people who are shaped by dysfunction. Uh, we become people that are shaped by our hurts and our wounds and our losses. And we're no longer that individual, that great individual God wanted us to be and how he made us. Okay, that's an important message because there's a very important message in this when you understand what Jesus has done. This is a verse that I go back to over, a couple of verses that I go back to over and over and over again, because here's the first thing I want you to see, and, and I, you know, I don't know where you are in this whole spectrum of faith and your own personal journey, your own walk, and so forth, but uh, here's a message that, that whether you're there or whether you're thinking about it or whether you're somewhere in the middle, I think will help and will relate to you in, in many different ways. First of all, I'll tell you this, the message of the Bible is that you don't have to live that way. You don't have to have your life shaped by some of the failures and the losses and the hurts and the bitterness of life. It's easy, it's natural, but you don't have to be that way. Here's the verse I want you to look at, first of all, a couple of verses actually. When one comes, when one comes to faith, this is, my, this is my point, when one comes to faith in Christ, you become a new creation. 
When one comes to faith, when, when one puts their trust in Christ and says, I want to trust Christ now, they, became, they become a new creation at that moment. Let me show you that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we have stopped, watch this, we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them. Wow. Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way as though he were merely a human being. How differently I think about him now. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. For the old life is gone, a new life has begun. Now, I'm speaking positionally. Practically, there's still a lot of stuff there, and you understand that. But when we come to, when we come to Christ, we become a new person, and, and, and we become, in a sense, restored, if you want to use that word, to the person that God always intended us to be. Before all the junk and the dysfunction and the hurt and the bitterness and just the curveballs of life influenced us in a negative way. So that's the first thing. You know, and, and here, let me a couple of points real quick. That doesn't touch the core personality of who you are. When you become a new person, he's not saying, oh, I'm going to have a new personality, I'm going to be friendly and I wasn't friendly before, or I'm not going to be so friendly because I was overly friendly before. That's not what he's talking about there. He's talking about the, the core person is who God created you. It has just been it has just been slammed and it has been, you know, unfortunately it's been touched by all the things of life that happened to you. And he's saying you can rise beyond that and rise above that. Doesn't re- it, 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 this isn't to remake you into someone you're not, but rather to give you the ability to have, to have this new thing called a God consciousness. You know, and instead of getting hung up on, on some of the destructive habits, some of the destructive ways of thinking, there's freedom. There's freedom. And we don't talk about that freedom enough as followers of Christ, but there's freedom there. Not just freedom to do, to do what we want that's in line with pleasing our God, but also freedom. You know, we, we no longer, ha- we may say this, but we, don't, we no longer have to say when uh, I have language that I shouldn't have or when I drink too much or get too much into uh, drugs or get too much into abusive relationships or get too much into whatever that's, that's, that's damaging. I don't have to say I can't help myself because now I can. I can because I've God, Jesus living inside of me. And uh, the Spirit of God inside of me. So, when it comes to faith in Christ, you're a new creation. Understand that. That's good news. It is the good news. All right, now I'll take you to a second part about this whole thing when we talk about this uniqueness of you. Not only, not only do you become a new creation, but here's the second thing that comes along with that. And this is, maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't. I don't know. It's okay if you did. You're a gifted individual as well. You become a gifted individual as well. You say, well, I'm gifted anyway. Yes, you are no matter who you are, but I'm talking about it in a different way. I'm talking about giftedness that comes from the Spirit of God working in us. Let me show you this. This is in Romans chapter uh, 12. Watch this. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. That's good, isn't it? So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, and the word there, prophesy, is really a word that literally means forth-tell, F-O-R-T-H. Not necessarily foretell. People see prophecy in the Scripture and think, oh, they're going to tell us that when the next tsunami is going to hit or what's going to happen in your life. And, and, you know, be careful with that stuff. You know, by the way, you know, just it's a sideline, but it's not really a sideline. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, the, the true test of they, they had prophets in the Old Testament who could foretell the future. And, you know, the true test of a prophet was they were never wrong. Because in the, in the Old Testament law, they said if a prophet is ever wrong, he's false and he should be stoned to death. 
That's what, that, that's what, that's what, that's, that's, that's in Leviticus. So all these people who make predictions say, okay, you can make a prediction. And if you're wrong, you die. What do you think about that? Huh? You know, I'm not suggesting we do that, but I, I just, it's interesting to me how we have it, particularly in some quote unquote religious circles and how they, oh, we got a prophet. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm like, you know, just save it. Um, anyway, anyway, this particular thing is talking about teaching. Okay, this prophecy or forth-telling. Even if you wanted to use the word preaching, you could say that. I'm not nuts about the word, but the word forth-telling. He says, he says, so if God has given you the ability to, to prophesy or speak, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, that's a gift. Serve them well. If you're a teacher, do a good job of teaching. In other words, study, work, try to be prepared, you know. Uh, if your gift is to encourage others, that's an encourage. That's a gift, gift of encouragement. Do it. You know, there are people. You ever know anybody like that? They're just, you, you're around them and they're just encouraging. And that's not just because they're just, you know, blowing smoke at you and saying, oh, wow, you're great. And, and, and you know, that's not the case. But I mean, they, they find honest, sincere things to encourage you about. And maybe it's in your life. Maybe it's in others' lives. Maybe it's in your family's life. Those are great people to have around. You know, and particularly when you're kind of feeling a little low. The Bible tells us that that's a gift. Maybe some of you have that gift. He said, do it, use it, maximize it, think through it. Develop that kind of gift. Um, If you have money, share it generously. Giving is a gift. It is. Giving is a gift. Some people have the ability to make ridiculous amounts of money and then have the joy of being able to give that to things that are going to make a difference. We talked about that. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about money. So, we're looking for a couple more of those people, by the way. No, just, just, uh, <laughs> you know I was going to say that, didn't you? You just knew I, you knew I was going to say that. Um, if God has given you a leadership ability, um, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, you go, whoop, bang, ding, mark that one out. Um, some people have an unusually innate natural ability to be kind. All of us should be kind. Let me just stop here for a second. These are just some of the gifts. There are some other passages, and I'll, I'll include those in action steps, which will be on the web tomorrow morning, uh, that talk about other gifts that God gives us as, as His children. Uh, but but he, here's the point about gifts and these kind of gifts. Okay, so you don't have, so you don't make the, you don't make the big dollar, and you don't have the gift of giving. You still should give. So you don't, you may not be the greatest teacher in the world. You still should teach. So you may not be uh, great at showing kindness. You should still seek to show kindness. People sometimes use gifts. We call these spiritual gifts in some circles as an excuse to not do. And every one of the things are things that we ought to be practicing. It's just that some of these things we will be better at because of our natural, unique giftedness that God gives us than others. So you're a gifted individual. Think through that. All right. God has gifted you with a special blend of giftedness. All right. And the context here is that this giftedness is to be part of a healthy church. I want you to know it would be a mistake to think it's limited to church. Because sometimes when people will teach these kinds of passages, and there are two other passages that talk about different kinds of, of gifts, and they'll say, you need to be that. You need to be doing that here in the church. Okay, that's good. But listen, this also has to do with who you are, people you're with, in your work, in your community, in your home, in your club, wherever it happens to be. This is, this is an important aspect of who you are. 
You know, we never want to get to the point where we just limit a certain kind of behavior or giftedness or, or servant quality to just the church. Because one of the great things about being in the opera house here is most of us realize this is not the church. This is where the church meets. The church is the individual's. Sometimes when you have big, nice buildings, not that I'm opposed to getting one, uh, but sometimes when you have big, nice buildings, you sometimes lose that, that flavor. And people say, well, it's, it's got to be in the church. It needs to be there, but it needs to be outside too, outside of those four walls or six walls or whatever they are. Right? You're a gifted individual, uniquely gifted. Now, let me show you a third thing. I want to try to bring this together for you, this third thing, right? Because here's my third point. Now, first, when one comes to faith, you're a new creation. Number two, you're a gifted individual. Number three, I love this point. There are gaps that only you can fill. One of the great, we didn't, we took a little different tone, but one of the great moments in movie history, cinematic history, was in Rocky 1, okay? Now, now I know, most of you probably have seen Rocky 35 and 36, but I'm talking about Rocky 1, okay? In Rocky 1, if you remember, uh, 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 Sylvester Stallone, Rocky and, and, and Adrian was his love interest, and somebody said, what do, you see? what do you and Adrian see in each other? And Rocky gave this. You remember that line? She got gaps. I got gaps. We fill in each other's gaps. <laughs> what a great line. You know? She got gaps. I got gaps. That's, um, that's not quite Philly. It's a little Russian. But anyway, um, I can do a great Russian accent. Philly I have a hard time with. Um, anyway, there's truth to that. Not just in marriage, but that's true in life in places where God puts us whether it be in a church or whether it be in a home or whether it be in a business or whether it be in a neighborhood or, or whatever it happens to be. I want to show you this because this is one of those passages, every time I read it, literally, really, seriously, not, I'm not, every time I read it, it just always gets to me a little bit. I'll show you why. It's the Apostle Paul talking. It's at the end of one of his epistles. And it's one, when you get to the, the end of many of Paul's epistles, you sometimes just sort of lose interest and sort of, at least sometimes I would just sort of check out. And you miss some really key things about personalities. Look what he says here. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus? They were the first fruits of Achaia, and they have devoted themselves for ministry to the saints. In other words, they're the first people to become believers out of that area. Verse 16, that you also be in subjection to such men and to everyone who helps. He says, honor these guys and helps in, in the work and in the labors. I rejoice over the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus because, watch this, watch this, watch this. Because they have supplied what was lacking on your part. He's not chastising them. He's not saying, you dirt balls, you didn't do this and somebody else came and did it. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, you did what you could do because this was a letter of, of, of compliment. Man, thanks for everything. Thanks for what you're doing. You couldn't do everything. These guys came and they supplied what was lacking. And I just love that because what he's saying is these two guys, these three people came. I don't know whether they are. Stephanus, two guys and a girl or three guys. We're not exactly sure um, because of the names and so forth. But the point being, they came and they filled a gap that had been lacking. Because of their uniqueness, there was nobody quite like them there and what they could do to help. And that's true for each one of us. That's why I love this. Because, you know, we think, well, it'll get done or, or everything will happen okay. I mean, it's just the way it is. It may not if I don't. And it's my area of strength and my area of giftedness and I can help. 
you know, and, and here's the thing. I'll just put it to you this way. Are there little things in your life that you care about that they would be a lot better if you were to get involved? Whether we're talking about church or whether we're talking about in your home or in your business or, or wherever it happens to be. That thing, business, home, club, church, whatever, isn't functioning as well as it could because you haven't stepped up to the plate. And maybe you need to do that. Maybe that's in here at Renaissance. Maybe that's in some other area. Maybe you're thinking about some situation in your work or, or in your home or in your community, one of your clubs or whatever it happens to be. Here's the issue here that's just so important. It's the practical message of Christ. When Christ does a work in an individual's heart, Certainly, He makes us a new creation. He gives us gifts, and He gives us the ability to, to help, to fill gaps, to help certain things function better. That is, and listen to me carefully on this, because I don't want you to notice this, that is an act of worship right there. That's an act of worship. You want to honor God? You want to, you want to praise Jesus? You know? It's not just a matter of saying those words. Men have to say those words. It's how you live, and it's how you live to the giftedness and the uniqueness that He has given you. And, and there are things, and there are places, and there are things that you can do that nobody else can do. Things that you can be, be a part of, that, that, that are lacking right now, that need you to step up and be a part of that. And you want to ask God to give you strength, ask God to give you wisdom to know who I am and where I am and what it is I can do and what it is I can do well and where I can help. And he'll do that. I want you to think about that, particularly as a, we're going to get the band to come back up and, and, uh, and do a song. Charlie's going to do a song. This is going to be real, I think, uh, appropriate as you think about that. So when one comes to faith in Christ, you become a new creation. You have a special, special set, unique blend of gifts. And there are gaps that only you can fill. Let me pray. God, these are, these are truths that we can't miss. We just can't miss. Some lives here today are unfulfilled. Either because they haven't understood what it means to come to have a relationship with you or because they have that relationship with you and have trusted Christ, but they haven't been able to, to take that next step of being able to be the person that can stand in a gap to be used by God. Maybe in a way that will be unnoticed by others but not by you. We pray for that, and I thank you for that for each individual here, and that each one of us would think through that or rethink through that, as the case may be. We thank you for that now, and we pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus, who came and, and lived, suffered, and died, and rose again to give us eternal life and abundant life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.